0: Well, good morning. My name is Adam. I'm the discipleship pastor. um, And we're in the third week of our series uh, called Whisper. And I have realized in my life as a husband that there are um, different vehicles that Emily will use uh, to get my attention. And I need to try to pay attention to all of them. There's the really easy one for me to latch onto, which is she... Tells me something directly, I go do that something. I get that right. 50, 60% of the time, you know? Uh, And then there's the more subtle things, like when we're at a party and she gives me a look and I know one of two things is true about the situation. One, I've done something stupid that I didn't realize and I need to go over there and figure out what the stupid thing I did was. Or two, she just needs my help. And so either way, I'm going over there, I got it. Again, 50, 60% of the time, success rate on that. Um, And then there's other times where she just needs to whisper something to me because we're in a group and she needs to tell me something like, Adam, your fly's unzipped, which just now saying, I said as a joke, and now I'm a little nervous about that, but um, we're, we're okay, I think. <laughs> it was a really uncomfortable situation. Anyway, uh, but she'll, you know, there are different things that she'll tell me. Direct, tell me, whisper something, and then just give me a look, and I need to be paying attention. Um, like I said, 60% of the time, it works every time, um, but I try to keep my eyes open and my ears open to what she's trying to tell me. Um, And it is always, always that direction. Like Emily needs to tell me something. I will never be a detective. Like I'm just not that observant. I don't notice things. I'm really sorry about it. Um, You know, I'm really glad that the marriage covenant is for life. Uh, In particular, um, one time we were out at lunch after, after church and there was a couple from church at a different table. And later that week, we ran into that same couple again. We'll protect their identity for um, you know, their own sake. But she's, the, the wife of that family said to Emily, I saw you trying to get Adam's attention that whole time. And it just wasn't happening. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't know, you know? Uh, but in, in this series and today, we're going to pay attention to the different levels at which we can hear and understand um, this story. Because we're going to dive into a really, really famous passage, especially at this time of year, especially if you've been around church for any amount of time. We're sitting in the in the passage, Luke 2, 8 through 17. This is the story of the shepherds. And what is God whispering to the shepherds? And if you've been here the the previous two weeks, you may have you know a hard time understanding why are we calling this whisper because these seem like huge events i'm sitting in the audience listening to mike preach about how god is whispering to us through these stories and i'm thinking god made a star shine extra bright for 2 years so that magi could come and see the baby jesus but that was a whisper from heaven and god spoke to mary and it was a whisper because he just spoke to the to, through the angel to mary And he's making these whispers into the story, and there's this subtle approach of Jesus that we have to um, come around. And here's the truth that we have to have as a foundation point as we start this morning. When heaven whispers, history takes notice. God spoke and light began. When he speaks, it is a powerful movement of power on display when he's the one doing the talking. And so for the birth of Jesus to be told in this way, and for these things to happen in this way, and the whole world not turn their eyes up to heaven, it had to be a whisper. He scaled down his voice to let the approach and the the entry of the Savior be more subtle. And so what do these whispers from heaven tell us? They tell us that God is all-powerful, and they should remind us that God is all-powerful. God spoke in light light went into existence, 186,000 miles per second is the rate at which we measure light today. I get a little nervous in the car when I'm going 90 miles per hour. And so this is power that God has. And history centers around this event that that we're celebrating over this month, this birth of Jesus. We sit here in the year 2018 AD. And you can call it the common era if you want, but it points back to around the time really close to the time. They may have got it wrong a little bit, but really close to the time, and it's supposed to center around the birth, the arrival of Jesus. In the year of our Lord, 2018, our Lord, Jesus Christ, we sit here today under his rule and reign because that's how they measured time back then. In the seventh year of the reign of Caesar, Augustus, no, in the 2018th year of the reign of Jesus, we sit here. When heaven whispers, history takes notice. And Jesus is a turning point. Jesus' arrival is a turning point for human history and the human narrative. And so we're looking at one of the snapshots of that turning point where man began to be able to approach back to God. And so will you pray with me before we begin? Father God, we are thankful for your word. And we pray that we would understand more who you are because of our time together, that we would leave changed because of our time with you in this place. God, help us to hold on to the truth of your word and let everything else fade away. We love you and we trust you and we're counting on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we'll dive right in to Luke chapter two. If you have the Bible app, you can um, go there. I'll be reading out of the CSB. You can read out of whatever version you want to keep me honest. Um, But if you want to open to Luke um, chapter two, it'll also be on the screens. Luke two, eight and nine says this. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock. There is a truth that's directly pointed at every one of us in the room today, and a truth that we have to remember each year, and it's worth remembering each year when we hear this story, and that truth is that God came to be with all of us, And I hope that this truth isn't whispered to you but that it hits you squarely because this is the truth that we have to walk away with from this story that God came to be with all of us. He showed up to shepherds who were out in the fields with their flocks who hadn't been In getting cleaned up, who hadn't been participating in religious activities, not the kings of the day, not the powerful of the day, not the wealthy of the day, not the religious elite of the day, but shepherds of the day who were outcast, and they were outside of town, and they weren't smelling all that great because they were spending time with their flock, making sure that their flock was protected and clean and healthy and well-fed, and they did that oftentimes to the neglect of their own social gain, to the neglect of their own hygiene, and to the neglect of being able to rise in the ranks of power in their day. And these are the people that the angel appeared before, shepherds outside of town. Luke 2, 10 through 14 says this, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a savior was born unto you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, glory be to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. There is this unbelievable scene to proclaim the birth of Jesus. It is, the, it is royal scale. It is the birth of a king, and there's a heavenly host, and there's an angel appearing before them, and there's shepherds who are terrified because they don't know what's happening. They've never seen anything like this, and so they're standing in the field. They're minding their own business, and an angel shows up, and the first thing the angel says to the shepherds who are outcasts, who aren't religious elite, who feel dirty and who feel left out, is don't be afraid. I have good news of great joy. And that should hit all of us today. Because I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life when I've felt like the outcast, the one that God forgot about, the one that God didn't want, the one that God uh, would have said, behold, I'm here to judge you. Behold, I'm here to set you straight. And the shepherds would have been exactly those people, but Jesus is a, came for all people. Jesus came to be the God for all people and to bring great news to all people. He said, don't be afraid. A Savior's born to you. There's a Savior born to you, you who feel left out, you who feel alienated, you who feel too dirty, you who feel forgotten. You have a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus, and he's come for all of us. And you don't have to be afraid of God interacting with man anymore because Jesus will serve as the intermediary. He's the Savior. He's the one who stands between, and he makes people be able to come back to God. God came for all people, including those who feel most left out. There's nothing that could have happened before you got in here that would disqualify you from being a part of the kingdom that God is establishing, that Jesus came to establish in his birth in the world. He came to do something for all people, and so all people are welcome in what he's doing, and they're gonna get a position that matters in the kingdom that he's building because these shepherds are given good news of great joy for all people. These shepherds. And so if you're sitting here today feeling left out, this is the first and primary truth of this passage. Jesus, Savior for all people, especially and maybe first for those who have been discarded by society, for those who have been left behind, by society. But there's a, there's a second truth underneath this and I think this is where we get into a little bit of the whisper. What's God whispering to us through this story? Because shepherds, as we know, they were people who dedicated themselves to protecting their flock. 24-7 vigilance against things that would be harmful to the sheep. That would lower the value of the sheep because this was a business after all. And so they kept watchful eye Over their flock. And God came to shepherds. But if you know the Old Testament, there's this recurring theme of shepherds being raised from anonymity to prominence. David, a shepherd boy, becomes king. Moses, a shepherd, leads his people out of Egypt. Shepherds, time and time again, are risen to prominence in their day. These men who spend time caring for those around them get risen. And we should, too, be people who care for those around us. It was shepherds that are going to lead the charge. It's shepherds who time and time again in the biblical history get risen into prominence. Shepherds become kings. Shepherds become leaders. And it's this reminder through Jesus We're building a community here, a community where we care for one another, and where the most powerful are the ones who are most caring of those around them, the ones who most look out for those around them and keep their eyes open for the needs around them. I can remember um, when we had uh, Emery, my six-month-old daughter, um, back in May, Because she's seven months today. How about that? I can I can do math. Um, Our seven month-old daughter, um, we were we didn't have the initial shock of like we're first-time parents. And so um, we can't believe that the hospital let us leave with a living human being uh, in our own care. We're not in that shock, but we're in the shock of like they let us do that twice. Like are you kidding me this is you're you're gonna send us home with another one um I don't know how this is going to happen, so we're on the way home. She's little teeny tiny. her brother Cohen is more energetic than ever It's like this you know ascending scale of energy that he has that seems like it'll never ever you know sealing out, but we're pulling into the into the house just exhausted because you don't sleep very much, you know when you have a baby there's just lots of poop and spit up and food and taken care of and the baby sleeps a whole, whole lot but not a lot all at once and so you're exhausted. You pull into the, you pull into the driveway and there's this sort of collective whew, before we unload um, everything and we go into the house through the garage door and on our kitchen counter there's just a basket with food, with Gift cards to restaurants so we don't have to do dishes, which is a miracle. And there's just all this stuff because our small group looked at us and said, You're gonna be in a time of need <laughs> for the next one or two days, or one or two weeks, or 18 years, you know. You're gonna be in a time where you need people around you. And so here you go no expectation of reciprocity, no expectation that because of this, we now owe them, but just the expectation that they would get to come alongside us as we tried to raise our kids and that they would get to hold the baby and that they would get to love on our children and they would get to do life beside us. just this gift. Here you go. You have a need. Let me help meet that need. And I don't I don't like being the recipient of that kind of stuff. I, it, it makes me a little uncomfortable. I like to be the one who is in the power position. No, I'm fine. If you ask me how I'm doing, I'm great. Just splendid today. Um, I think that brings us to a, another truth in this story that it's okay to be in need, it's okay to be dependent on someone or something. Because Jesus, spoiler alert, was born a baby, a baby who couldn't talk, a baby who couldn't take care of himself, a baby who couldn't walk, the voice of all creation, the power and majesty of God made manifest in a baby who's babbling and crying and wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger in a barn because there was no room for even a place for him to stay. Jesus was dependent on his mother and his father to take care of him through those years, to raise him. The word of God had to learn how to talk from his mom and his dad. It's almost this example. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to look across the room and say to somebody, I need help. I don't know if I can talk right now. I don't know if I can move from this position to another one, but I need help. It's okay for you to not be okay and for you to reach out for help because Jesus himself relied on human hands to care for him and to raise him. The one who created humanity relied on the created to care for him. If Jesus can find himself wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, you can ask somebody for help if you're not okay. Because this time of year, this time of year is incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult for people. It is just a constant set in stone reminder Of sure, sometimes all the good stuff that happened, but you're not buddy the elf 100% of the time. You know what I'm saying? Like there are times when it is just a bad day and you just need somebody to come alongside you and say, it's gonna be okay because we're here together. I remember that it was five years ago that you lost him or you lost her. Or I remember that it was seven months ago that you lost your baby and this would have been your first Christmas with him or her and I'm just here with you because I know that that's gonna be hard because so many people are gonna be posting pictures about their baby and I know, so I'm just here with you. I know that your family is a mess and so I'm here with you. We are with each other because God came to be with us and he himself was at a time Dependent. And so we can find ourselves from time to time dependent on this community of people that God said should be caring for one another. Philippians 2, 5 through 8 says this. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus had the ability to arrive in any form that he wanted. And the plan was that he would be a baby that this would be the truth of the incarnation, that the Son of God was a child. J.I. Packer says this, the Almighty appeared on earth as a helpless human baby, needing to be fed and changed and taught to talk like any other child. The more you think about it, the more staggering it gets. Nothing in fiction is so fantastic as this truth of the incarnation. Jesus himself was in need, giving us permission at times to be in need. Because it both happen. Both happen where you'll be okay and you'll be able to give help, and there'll be times in your life where you're not okay and you just need to get help. And that's why we have a community, the church, to be looking out for one another and be caring for one another and to be able to both say and hear, I need help. It should be impossible in this place to be invisible. It should be so hard because you don't have to be prompted to go greet your neighbor. We just see our neighbor and we go up and we give hugs and high fives or handshakes or whatever's comfortable for you. Because I'm not a big hugger. But, you know, if you want to give me a hug, I'm fine with that too. But I'm just not going to start one. You know what I'm saying? That was a tangent. But we should see each other it should be really hard to walk in and just hide in the background and see, is this God actually for me? Yes, this God is for you, and we are for you because God is for you, and there were times when I was the one who needed, when I was the one who was asking for help, when I was the one that needed a handout. The unbelievable truth behind the Angel Tree Project that we do every year is that it's completely volunteer-led. It was brought to us by somebody and is now led by somebody who around Christmas years ago found herself with a couple children and no means to give them Christmas presents and somebody helped her. And now she's out of that situation and she says, so every Christmas we're gonna make sure that as many children as possible have gifts to open on Christmas because I remember that time. I remember that year when I was in need and so I'm gonna make sure that anybody that has that need gets what they need. And that's how it works. When we don't just stay victims, but when we participate in this reconciliation story when we meet needs and when we bring needs and when together we can show how God meant to reconcile and help humanity. This is what we're called to do. Too often, I have to sit in my office and apologize to somebody because they felt a little left out by the church. And I don't think it's altogether intentional. Intentional. I think it's that we're just a little too introverted with our needs and with stepping into somebody's need. If somebody's in trouble, they don't want to have to scream for help because maybe they don't have the energy to. So if you see somebody in trouble, just go to them and help them, especially this time of year. Because it is a, it is a catalyst for pain for some people. I mean, it is just a reminder that things aren't okay. And if you're in a place where you are okay, go be with them. Just go be present with them. Because here's the the last truth of this story. We're called to respond when God speaks. Luke 2, 15 through 17 says this. When the angels had left them, and return to heaven. The shepherds said to one another, "Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us." And read that again. Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child let's go straight to Bethlehem because we've been told there's a savior for all humanity and it doesn't matter what we had going on, we're gonna go see what has happened in this place. Not, oh, cool, angel, got that after my shift's over because you know I got my responsibilities here. I'll go check that out. That sounds great, but I got about four hours left before I can head over there. Is that cool? You good with that? I mean, the heavenly host was impressive and all, but I got stuff to do. God is not... Primarily concerned with your calendar and your task list. He is primarily res- concerned with taking over your calendar and your priority and your task list. How big of a shame would it be this Christmas if we get our shopping list completed, but we've left out the people we loved on the side of the road because we were too busy to notice them? How big of a shame would it be if we got all the presents under the tree? but we forgot to say hi to the stranger who just needed a smile. Or we didn't tell somebody. You know, all of this is great. The trees are great. The decorations are great, but it's all pointing to the fact that God came for all people. Do you know that he came for all people and he has a better way for you than the way that the world offers? Because he has a plan to reconcile humanity back to himself, a plan that's better than crippling debt, a plan that's better than being overscheduled, a plan that's better than being burned out because you feel like you can't ever measure up. And God's sent a baby into a manger and he lived a perfect life and he learned how to walk and he learned how to talk and then he taught and then he gave a perfect example and then he was wrongly persecuted and he was executed and he hung on a cross and he died and then he rose from the grave defeating death so all of us could know that we have value to the king of eternity. And so don't get sucked into the stress this Christmas. Get pulled into the beauty that should be Christmas, which is a reminder that we matter to God. We matter so much that he would give up eternity and become a human baby. Beautiful and cute as they are, they're a hot mess. They can't take care of themselves. And that's how Jesus came to show humility. He trusted his mother, Mary, showing us it's okay. It's okay to not be okay, especially in my house, especially in the church that I'm building, especially in the community that I'm building. So let's see each other and let's respond when God speaks. It's, it's not enough to just read through Scripture, to just reflect on Scripture. It has to change the way that we see and interact with and, and participate in this world. Because we exist in a kingdom where shepherds become kings, where the God of eternity became a baby, and we can matter in what God is doing in the world. Because an angel appeared to shepherds outside a city one night and said, behold, I have good news of great joy for all people. you pray with me? God, we are blown away, blown away by this story, by the truth that you are here for us. That you took on human form, that you modeled a perfect life, and then you invite us to participate in what you're doing in the world. God, give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to know what role we play Are we going out and telling people about your word? Are we seeing and meeting the needs around us? Or do we just need to go up to somebody and say, help? I'm not okay right now. God, I pray that you would, through your spirit, empower us to do that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.